So, please welcome the stage, Aaron. I don't really talk into this thing much anyway when I read because I move around a lot, but I haven't been here in a while. It's nice to see everybody that I already know, and it's nice to also see people that I don't know, so thank you. Okay, so in the back I have chat books for sale. Um, if you're like, man, I don't want to buy one tonight, you can buy them at Village Books. They also have them there. Um, I'm going to be reading from a chat book that is going to come out sometime in the future. Um, and then I figure there's no reason to read from that book if you can buy it. So you can read those poems later. All right. Somewhere there's two people with hearts like oceans dying to be discovered. There's a ringing in my ears like the last word you spoke to me, directly to me. We looked eye to eye and were breast to breast with spring outside, knocking at the door like a Mormon missionary, coming to bring the good word, but in our case, a new life, starting over, rebirth. These are the words that come to mind when I reminisce on those days when we both knew we weren't going to see each other again. I faintly remember being by the fourth floor study and seeing you walk by, your legs somehow carrying the heavy weight of your heart inside your chest, that same chest I'd seen bare. They carried you as if nothing was troubling you, and maybe it was nothing that was troubling you. But in that room, I remember the time I came back from hearing that spring was the suicide season, and yet winter, that winter, was the season that made me tremble. This is for the ones who jumped. This is for the ones who jumped, head first into the ball pit, head first into the pavement, letting go and letting their God. This is for those who splatter their brain matter like paint on walls and hearts. For those who now stand translucent in picture frames in a land where only the past remains, and with each new season, time is slowly forgotten. This is for the ones who never could, the ones who spent all summer in sorrow and entire winters in love. This is for the student, the mechanic, the priest, the grocery store cashier. This is for the weatherman, the violinist, the artist, the poet. This is for those who bleed to know they're alive and the ones who dream in the daylight. This is for the ones who scream into tear-stained pillows and the ones who channel their hearts on paper. This is for the ones who push instead of pull, the ones who are exhausted. This is for the naked who meditate in midnight bathtubs. This is for the ones who stray away from home and the ones who never came back. This is for the ones who have hearts made of paper and heads that argue with those hearts. 
This is for the ones who make mountains from molehills and for the ones who question them. This is for the ones who watch the sunset and load the sunrise. This is for the ones who jumped headfirst into life and headfirst into death. You were a child once, and now you're much younger. Now you shed the seasons like a coat and put on time like makeup, paying special attention to your eyes and your cheekbones and your ears and your nose, which can never stop growing, which can never quite resist gravity's pull, the same as the oceans ebb and flow, and your heart is barely but a leaf in the wind now, a sliver of sunlight through a morning window, beating in your chest like the drummer boy on a front line, taking bullet after bullet bullet after bullet after bullet to his chest and his legs and his arms and his head and he twists and he turns and he keeps playing that drum keeps laying that beat nice and steady through all the chaos until finally thank god finally he stops drops dead and someone drops their rifle pulls the sticks from his hands picks up his drum and keeps the battalion marching forward toward death right next to the flag boy forward to uncertainty because certainly there's something at the end but nobody has a clue why they're alive or why they keep living <laughs> don't take a picture while i'm drinking water it's awkward <laughs> I write poetry naked sometimes, and nobody even knows it. And I feel like my nakedness is somehow revealed in my diction, and my madness in my syntax, surely. And the fact that I once loved you seems to show up in the lines that I break, which don't need fixed, in my opinion. Thank you. It hasn't rained in weeks, and the honeybees have taken all that they could from the rhododendrons. And now we're left to watch them wither in the weather which summer offers us. Brown skin glowing and more showing. Surely there's a queen in a hive now without honey or hope. And with that in mind, I go out to the shed and find a fine saw with teeth ready to kill. And I take it along the trunk of the rhododendron, same as a wrist but bigger, and the teeth of the saw dig into its flesh without sap to seep, and it falls lazy and dead and strung out from giving so much and getting so little in return. And that night the waves crashed on the rocks, spraying salt onto the sand, and I dreamt of sleeping next to you. You guys don't have to clap after every one of these. It's, there's a lot of poems here. I see you in the garden, hands covered in dirt, a tiny shovel and a pile of weeds, and you're planting flowers for spring. I'm driving by, smoking a cigarette, but maybe you're planting tobacco. Maybe you're a god, or maybe you're just planting flowers for spring, to watch them grow, to water them, and sing to them, and talk to them, and hope for them to rise up from the soil like you never could. This next poem is called 60 Years. Um, if you happen to get uh, from Bellingham with Love, it was published in there. They seem to like this poem best out of the three that I sent them, so I don't know. We went to the zoo and looked at the wild animals behind the chain link fences, and the electrically charged ones for the really ferocious animals, which I guessed would go berserk if they broke free, but sadly I'm not sure that any of them would know what to do if they got out. 
We saw a black bear sitting on his ass by a tree, maybe ten feet from the fence, looking down at the ground like his girlfriend just jumped, dumped him. And we saw a few river otters swimming and playing around while another one was sl- sleeping in a small den with a window so we could look inside. Then we saw a chimpanzee, and one of the other zoo visitors asked the zookeeper how old she was. She's 40. What's her lifespan? Roughly 50, but in an environment like this, she can probably live to 60 or better. 60 years of sitting around being talked at, of having kids knocking on the windows day in, day out, in the same small cage, eating the same food, being watched every time they eat, sleep, shit, fuck, and us, we aren't much different. Thank you. (laughs) Glory. You're waking up to sweat-soaked sheets and dreams too real to remember. And I long to smell you, to caress the skin that hides your guts. And you do all that you can not to let them spill out, not to let yourself be shaken, not to let yourself be stirred. And you know we aren't supposed to be in love. We're too dangerous. We aren't meant to be alone. And you're naked on the floor and the sweat beads up on your skin and you blend into the hardwood like a watercolor. And I'm breathless, my love, with each stroke. This is a villanelle. I really don't write poetry that's uh, in a in a form. I don't really like that kind of thing. Um, but I have this friend that lives in Los Angeles and he's really crazy and he's like, oh man, you need to try to write in these forms and blah, blah, blah. So... So I tried to write a villanelle. There's a butterfly exhibit in my chest, and sorrow was the crown upon my head. Oh, heavy is the heart that flutters without rest. You lay beside me, pressed your ear to my breast, held your breath in your lungs, and listened as I said, there's a butterfly exhibit in my chest. My hummingbird heart went wild as you undressed, and tame me you tried with your lips flushed red. Oh, heavy is the heart that flutters without rest. Your body was an attraction and I was the guest, a pilgrim, a wanderer, a soul hung by a thread. There's a butterfly exhibit in my chest. I explored you and by your beauty I was possessed. My every move hung on each word you said. Oh, heavy is the heart that flutters without rest. Your love was a coat of color in which I was dressed and I wore you with pride. My old skin was shed. There's a butterfly exhibit in my chest. Oh, heavy is the heart that flutters without rest. Thank you. I walk past a hospital with a helicopter on top, blades slicing the air, making that sound faster and faster. And someone's mother is praying to God's mother. And tiny human beings are being born and old wrinkly ones are being dead. And I walk past finite creatures on the sidewalk who think they're infinite. But Mary watched her baby boy die so she can tell you that we all have to die, I'm sure. The lamp throws light on Dali, and her breasts rise and fall with each breath she takes, nice and slow, just the way she likes it, and I catch my eyes gravitating toward her magnetic legs, which go up, up, up to all that is holy, and I want to become dust with her. Take that for what it's worth. (laughs) These are the things my heart beats for. 
This is the child I was made to make. These are the dandelions poking through the lawn, some for her, some for me. These are the nights I contemplate suicide. These are the days I spend drunk. This is what some call art and others call shit. Some for her, some for me. This is what's stolen, plagiarized, and prophesied. This is what they think about when they masturbate. This is what they tattoo and tell their lovers to do. Some for her, some for me. These are the photographs of crime scenes I've investigated. These are the glimpses of a deteriorating mind. These are the songs that songbirds sing. Some for her, some for me. These are the smiles painted and hours wasted. This is why I left and why I never returned. These are the things my mother doesn't understand. Some for her, some for me. Thank you. When my parents were still married before I started smoking cigarettes to be cool and before I started drinking and writing and drawing and fucking, they made me take swimming lessons. And I would ask if I could jump into the deep end, not for permission, but more so to inquire if I was physically able to float and not drown to death, because to be honest, I was scared shitless. So young in the high school pool before the years of showering naked with classmates glancing at the fruit between our legs, judging our own, did we measure up. We didn't know what to do with them anyway, and it would be years before some of us would fuck the girls we went to school with, some even getting them pregnant. And now I'm 23 years old and feeling half dead and dying for a beer in the summer sun. I live near the ocean now. I sleep at a decent hour. My mother lives in Alaska, my father in my old hometown. Van Morrison comes on the radio when I turn it on, singing about a brown-eyed girl I swear I used to know, and I change the station before I even think about singing along. Thanks. So, so I have uh, I have Tumblr. I don't know if you guys have Tumblr. Uh, it's kind of a cool thing. I don't know. That's kind of where I um, started to put all of my poetry when I really got into writing. Um, as a young adult, I guess I still am. Um, but I started putting my poetry on there and then the, the, um, some of the poetry editors of Tumblr contacted me and they put me on the, um, uh, poetry spotlight thing. So it's like you can go on there and find me, whatever. Um, but I, I put this tiny little poem on there and sometimes you write poetry and you don't realize, um, the, I guess how, other people are going to perceive it. I guess it's the same way as a song that a musician writes and then they really don't like the song that much, but everybody seems to get something from it. So it's, this is just a really short little tiny thing that I wrote in. And um, I don't know, I, I guess um, take it as you will, I guess. There's a shirt hanging in your closet that you'll someday die wearing and a person on this earth that you'll someday love. That's it. So I um actually so for for like a day job I'm a, a funeral director intern um so I have a lot of inspiration that comes from from being around grief and death and dying all the time um but but with the company that I work for I'm forced not to um write about it as much just to you know privacy and HIPAA and everything but yeah that's definitely um sometimes I can write little things like that and uh really express 
things that I see and um, things that I experience, I guess. Mending fences and flutter winter heart, dripping with pitch, your lips dusted with the moonlight and your teeth chattering like a music box. You were an, a tiny angel turning and turning and the lines in your hands have become dry riverbeds, your knees buckling underneath the weight of the world on your shoulders, slipping discs as I whisper words into your ears that rattle your bones like wind chimes. In a Fairhaven cafeteria, a memory to ponder, maybe standing before the badlands, feeling whatever God might be, in the painted bowls of earth, the beasts grazing on the dry plains, I was infinite as I crossed the land of my country with no one to join me. I was a stranger to the night and day alike. Or maybe I was chest deep in a Florida swimming pool with the sun exploding in the sky, burning my skin with the tiny lizards running on the concrete and my grandparents gossiping and their old friends about recipes and Jesus. You told me to think of a word that summed up the memories I was reliving in a college cafeteria, to say that word in times of discomfort or stress, to bring myself back to a, to a sort of dance. My words were water and infinite, but none of them were love. Let me see if I can find some, some other poems here to read. Um, really, I've been, uh, I've been, um, kind of going through this thing lately where I haven't really been writing as, as much as I used to. Um, I'm kind of in a lull or whatever, I guess, you know, everybody goes through that. Um, but I don't know, this night has really been, um, uh, inspirational to hear everybody that I've heard so far and I'm excited to hear everybody else read. Um, I think I'm more excited to hear everybody else because I haven't, I've been kind of deprived from it for a while. Um, so yeah. From the clouds came a string and it attached itself to my chest and I swung like a tetherball back and forth. My eyes became two moons waxing and waning, Pulling, pulling, causing tides. My hands became constellations, zodiac signs people told futures by. My palms were for reading and my fingers for intertwining in yours. I leapt from planet to planet. Heaven was my playground. God and I played tag and I was it. You mind if I read some poems from my book? <laughs> okay, sweet.
Okay, so I'm going to read now from the book that you can pick up in the back. These are uh, pay what you want. There's no price on these. It's not $5 or whatever. You just pay whatever whatever your heart desires. So I'm killing myself slowly with cigarettes and liquor and a heart that's lonely. I wrote this during a time when I was going to the bars um, a lot, uh, nearly every day, and um, and I was... Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was spending a lot of my money on alcohol and, um, of course I got to talk to a lot of cool people and meet people and everything, but there's a lot of poetry that came from that. Um, we pack like anchovies into the bars and clubs, grinding the parts of our bodies that our mother, mothers told us strangers shouldn't touch. And as long as we find some place to sleep or some place to take some strange to, everything will be okay. Yeah, we'll never die or so we say, and so we think that everything will work itself out and we'll be okay. Yeah, we all just want to be okay, and I said enough in that first stanza to end this poem, but let me keep going. Let me Lend me your eyes and lend me your ears. Let me tell you my hopes, dreams, loves, and fears. I write drunk and edit sober like Hemingway. Let me be naked. Let me be. Let me make you remember this poem the next time you're dancing with someone you've never met before and everything feels okay. And the world feels like it could stop and you could die and it would all be oh fucking K. I'm nursing a Bloody Mary on a Sunday morn, and there's a hostess at the door, a young petite brunette who's giving me eyes that scream of her desire to run. So I give the bartender my John Hancock, nonchalantly glance her way. She knows I have her figured out. I pretend that I wasn't looking at her and avert my gaze to the television, three to two giants. Try to sneak a look at her again. She's in a short dress and heels. Her eyes dart to the floor, back to me. It's now or never. I stand up for the door. She's analyzing me, frozen. I open it myself, step out into the sun, try my damnness not to turn around, but I feel her eyes through the tinted windows of the bar, and as I'm fumbling with my keys, I look over my shoulder and feel like a child who let go of a birthday balloon. This. Isn't this what dreams are made of? Fresh-squeezed lemonade stands where messy-haired children grow up to replace sugar with dead presidents and lemons with profit margins. Yes, God gave me tomatoes and I made lemonade. And we're waiting to die in a country where war is a pastime, kindness is a taboo, and Little League Louisville sluggers soon become semi-automatic machine guns and fragmentation grenades. Oh yes, loved ones, I've written my will and stashed cash for you to buy an exquisite box for me to rot in, to become fly food in, to be forgotten in. Closer to the dust I was made from and further from those invisible hands on my shoulders pushing me under the water. No, not of the womb which is thicker than the, which is thinner than the blood of the covenant and sadly not the other way around. I'm speaking of something in which nothing is more easy, lucky, or free. I want to thank Mr. Oberst for saying it better than I ever could. And so I put it on my skin as permanent as the subject it dealt with and no, I don't regret it at all. 
Most days I feel like a flower in the cracks of an autumn sidewalk with barely enough time to enjoy living. And if I measured my success by paychecks, then I'd be certain I wasn't following my heart anymore. So try that, because your head can always make it work, and you can watch your life change direction and know it isn't for three easy payments of 1995. Stop living for money and start living to live life. At least that's what I do or what I try to do anyway, because God forbid my family fight over money or material possessions which I may have left behind instead of the fact that I am not alive to be with them anymore. Yes, this. This is what dreams are made of. This is the foundation skyscrapers are built on, the hand-tied ribbon bow on top of a gift you didn't expect to receive, and so you smile nice and big like you're eight years old and still oblivious to how fleeting things in life really are. Yes, a time when life itself makes you happy and you're dying to live rather than living to die. This is what dreams are made of. Still finding inspiration as I dozed off homeless in the back seat of a car I could never afford, robbing Peter to pay myself and forgetting about Paul because I spent all the money I had on liquor and drugs to try to drown out a reality I was too scared to face. Face to face, man to man, I could have paid my bills if I hadn't drink myself nearly to death. Waking up in the morning and I couldn't get drunk again fast enough. I grew up in an instantaneous generation that doesn't want to feel pain but must bleed to know it's alive. Paycheck to paycheck, smoke rent from a bowl, and they tell you the next breath that you only live once while I was barely living at all. Only one time, one go, and I chuckle at these cats with their chests puffed up like this isn't their first time living. And they spew their advice so freely, and if I took it all, then I'd probably be dead. Isn't this what it's all about? Isn't this what we strive for? Isn't this what dreams are made of? Flesh and blood and money and good sex that makes your balls tingle for the rest of the day? Isn't, isn't this? Someone scream to me at the top of their lungs, flip the lights on, wake my ass up, tell me why I should keep dreaming. Tell me what lies just out of reach. I found God in a plastic cup filled with ice and lemonade that tasted sweet as honey on my tongue. And yes, honey, I tipped those messy haired kids enough to pay their college tuition so they can tell me to grow up and tell me how to fuck to live. Thanks. Yeah, if only I could memorize it. <laughs> yeah. It's 3 a.m. and she catches my eye walking in white socks but holding high heels and I thought the socks with sandals thing was over. But she's got on jeans and a sweater, American burka, on a promiscuous night such as this, and you can tell she's a supermodel in her own mind, maybe even her trailer park, and she stops walking and my eyes dart to see what she stopped for. And it's a girl with her back to a tree talking to a guy when suddenly they start waving their arms and their words are drowned out by an air conditioner. But Burka Girl hears them, takes a few steps and stops again staring. Two cops drive by and she changes hands with the heels, starts off again, disappears around the corner and the couple moves on and there's a slew of people moving like ants lost in their drunken shenanigans and here's Burka again face looking like she just saw a fucking murder walking past my building looking up at the windows maybe being yelled at cooed at whistled at whatever 
She doesn't know what the fuck is going on, so I duck, hoping my cover isn't blown, and she's sticking out like that cliché about a thumb. And I laugh at myself as she walks back toward the way she came, because I can tell she's never partied here before. I actually wrote that um, after getting drunk at the bars at college, and I was up in my buddy's dorm, and this girl was just walking around, and yeah, obviously she wasn't. she didn't know where she was at. should have prepared better. I almost forgot my iPad with all my poetry and I almost forgot all my books. <laughs> yeah. Let me f let me find one more poem. Okay, this is my last poem. It's called Meditations from the Inbound Six. There's a woman who drives the bus, and we see each other every day, but we don't know each other's names, just a good morning or a good afternoon, depending on the time of day. But it's a good relationship, I'd say. She even said, I should know you by now this morning. And there's a guy waving his arms for her to stop, and she stops and picks him up out of pity or necessity, whatever. And now he's staring at this hot blonde pumping gas in a miniskirt with a cotton polyester mix climbing up well into her danger zone. And this bus driver says, no bike today. And he says, nah, just walking. And she says, oh, I see. And she shuts the doors and keeps going. But in that split second, his mouth is watering to run his tongue up this woman's legs, and she has no idea that I'm writing a poem about him and her. But you can tell that she wants the compliments but doesn't realize that this son of a bitch is going to stain his sheets because of her attire. And I wish I could slip him a few bucks because I smell the liquor on his breath and I've been there, and I know he's really just misunderstood. That's it.